Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am all right. I've been better. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I uh, have a good story for us today. Oh, yeah. And one that I thought this place might be haunted, but I never really heard definitively until I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And since this is going to be the, my episode, this is going to be like we're starting to get into holiday season. So I thought I'd start off with this one. When okay. you think of Christmas time in North Carolina, what do you think of? The Biltmore. The Biltmore. And that is exactly the episode I am doing today. Nice. I've yes. never been there. You've never been to the Biltmore? Nope. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. And pictures don't do it justice. This place is massive. Oh, I went to their summer cottage last year. It is just, it is incredible. Their, their summer cottage is only a slightly smaller version of the Biltmore. Of course it is. Well, I will give you all of the information and all of the uh, statistics on this place. So, as everyone has probably seen by now that, not seen, heard by now, or probably seen online, that the Biltmore Estate is located in Asheville, North Carolina. It was originally built to be a vacation home for George Washington Vanderbilt. And George Washington Vanderbilt is the grandson of a railroad magnate, Cornelius Vanderbilt. And George was obviously born into good wealth now because of that. And his brothers all built mansions in New York on Fifth Avenue. But George himself just preferred the mountains of Western North Carolina. And his interests didn't really line up with the rest of his family while his other parts of his family and his father uh, were more interested in industry and commerce But George really liked agriculture, forestry, animals, art, and design. He went to Asheville with his mom back in in 1886, and he just fell in love with the mountains and fell in love with the town. And so he decided then, at age 26, that he would build a quote-unquote vacation home there, which to me... Looking at this house and knowing how big it is, this is a vacation home. Like, how big is your actual house? I also find it funny that he loved the forest and all of that, but then he tore down a whole bunch of stuff to put this ginormous house. Ginormous house. So (laughs) when he actually decided to build the house, he was thinking something with with the nice little yard in the front would would be adequate. A nice quaint. A nice quaint, yes. So because he wanted just a nice little quaint house, he bought 125,000 acres. <laughs> just a small, small <laughs> plot of land. A small little plot of land. Some of this ends up getting bought back by the state. And it actually includes the first national forest in America, which is Pisgah National Forest. Which I love because I go camping there. I used to go camping there with my family all the time. 
So the current acreage of the estate is 8,000 acres. Uh, like I said, the original was 125,000. He sold it back to the federal government. Today's guests can now go because it's open to the public. It is, you know, a, a, a landmark. You can go in. They've got a lot of the original furniture. You can do a walkthrough. They have like little headphones and stuff you can put on. And when you get to each room, it kind of tells you what's going on there. You can bike. They also have carriage rides, hiking, horseback riding, and more. The amount of hiking trails that they have is actually over 22 miles just on the property itself. So there's a lot of different stuff that you can explore with it. They have a winery. They do. I was, yep. I've got, I think I've got that in my notes too. I've had some of their wines before and they're so good. They have a really good like mold wine at Christmas time. Which they're already decorated for Christmas. I have a friend that went yesterday. It's absolutely beautiful. I would love to go Christmas time. I haven't gotten Christmas time yet. So working with architect Robert Morris Hunt, who was one of his friends and landscape architect, Frederick Law Olmsted, he created, George did, well, remains one of the most beautiful states in America, which, yes, this place is gorgeous. It is a 250-room French Chateau-style mansion and is the largest home in the country. Quaint. It ain't. Quaint, right, exactly. <laughs> and includes 35 bedrooms, 43 bathrooms, 65 fireplaces. It was built between 1889 and 1895, and it was first opened to the friends and family on Christmas Eve of 1985. The Biltmore. 1885, what I say, 19? Yeah. I'm so used to being 1900s. You yeah. know, it sounds crazy that there's 65 fireplaces, but that would be how they like stayed warm yeah yeah there was no like central heating or like yeah (laughs) but and these things are massive there's one that's in like the great dining hall and it's probably like six and a half feet tall and then there's three of them so they're just massive but the biltmore is 700 lord 178,926 square feet of floor space which is the equivalent of about four acres just in the main house alone. So if you have literal four acres of house, you would need a lot of fireplaces in order to keep it warm. Keep in mind, too, that this uh, house and this estate, people, some people call it a castle, an estate, a house, whatever you want to call it. It's officially an estate. This was only for George Vanderbilt and his wife and their one daughter. Was he married when he built it? I thought he built it before he got married. He was with her, but he built it before he got married. I go into it more. They they got married in Paris in 1898. So three years after he built the house, they got married. But okay. they were like together, quote unquote. But um, they were courting. They were courting, but they weren't married yet. So, yes. So, four acres, which is just, holy cow. 
He eventually spent a significant part of his inheritance constructing the estate, including building a private railway to bring his family and guests Mm -hmm. to the grounds, which were then far outside the bounds of Asheville, which, I mean, that is just crazy that you're going to build, oh, you know, just come on on your train and it'll pull right up to the house. Like, what? His family, that's how they made their money was the railroad. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the house also included an indoor pool as well as hidden doors, rooms, and passageways designed to give the family and their guests privacy and enable the staff to move al- among gathering spaces. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense, too. You have this massive house. They used to entertain all the time. So there's constantly a bunch of people in the house. There's constantly dinners and parties and balls and all these things going on. So for the staff to not get in the way, they had a bunch of hidden doors and rooms and different things so they could kind of get in and out, which I watched a tour because it's been a while since I've been in the basement alone. There was like four kitchens, 10 pantries. Like there was a, there's a bowling alley. Uh, there's just, I mean, so much stuff. There was 64 rooms in the basement. Wow. Yeah. This place is gigantic. Well, and then our guests would have like spent the night after like the dinner or the ball or whatever. Oh yeah. And they didn't have living rooms. They had living halls. So there's just these huge, long, extravagant halls that had like all this nice furniture and stuff in it. It's absolutely beautiful. And all the rooms. And so they had his wife's name is Edith Dresser. And they got married, like I said, in 1898. They had separate rooms in the house too, I guess back then. That was then. also common yeah. back then. Yeah. And both of their rooms are just and they usually connected through like a secret doorway or something. I, I don't, I mean, I don't remember looking at that video if theirs did. I think that theirs were just like across the hall from each other. Um, but I know a lot of them, their like closets or the bathroom would back up to one another and they would connect that way. Huh. So, yes, they got, um, married in 1898 and they only had one child cornelia vanderbilt and she was born in the louis 15th room of the biltmore house in 1900 now i don't have a lot of information on here but basically she like went crazy cut off all of her hair dyed it purple changed her name and moved to new york and like was never seen again once she got a little bit older so a lot so of people she think, would have been our bestie? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> she. A lot of people think that her spirit's there, but she like had absolutely nothing to do with the estate after a while. So who inherited the estate if he only had one kid and then she like dipped? I go into it, but she had kids. And okay. so her kids are the ones basically that took it over because it's still in the original family today so it's like her grandkids and great grandkids are the ones running it now yes yes so this impress this house is just incredibly impressive and it still remains the largest privately owned home in america although it is open to the public now how i don't know what word that was (laughs) now they do have the winery 
and they've got, like I said, the carriage rides, they got the hiking trails, they have like a whole... They have like a hotel or something. There's a whole inn. town. There's a whole mm-hmm. town, and then they have the inn. The Biltmore Village, and... Yes, and apparently that's just as haunted, maybe even more, than the Biltmore itself. Uh, unfortunately, George died young after an emergency appendectomy in 1914. Um, he died at age 51, which like, I feel like in 1914 though, that would be like pretty impressive. I mean, yes, but it just still kind of sucks. Oh, fun fact that I'll add in right here. It sucks because he basically had gotten a free pass before that him and his wife and his daughter were actually supposed to be on the Titanic. They had, oh, wow. They had bought tickets and were supposed to go. And right beforehand, one of his friends talked him out of it. So it like sucks wow. because like he could have died during the Titanic, but then he didn't go. But then he ended up dying in 1914 anyways from this emergency appendectomy. Which was like two years later, right? Three years later. I thought that it was 1914 when the Titanic actually like went down. Oh, maybe it was. Like maybe. April, April 12th, 1914. Let me look it up. <clears throat> April 14th, 1912. So I got him flip-flopped. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when his daughter was 12, they were supposed to go That's on crazy. the Titanic. And then his friend was like, no, don't go. Don't do it. And so they didn't. And then two years later, he ended up dying from this. But yeah, that would have been really crazy. So during his lifetime, Vanderbilt was particularly proud of his library, which I'll show you pictures. This thing is gorgeous. And it's like two stories. I mean, this thing is... It's literally a a library. It's a dream. He would spend a considerable amount of his time there. He loved to go there when he saw a storm approaching. I guess to just kind of look look at the windows. And he loved like reading the books and listening to the storm, which I mean, same. I totally feel that. So his ghost is seen there a lot. Okay. They see a shadowy figure in the library Usually it's when skies are dark and there's an oncoming storm, which is like the one time I would not want to see a spirit. Like it's already spooky. <laughs> when it's with all the storm. eerie outside. <laughs> it's all eerie outside, and then you're just gonna like show up as this dark figure. But that was his favorite time, that was his favorite room. So that's where he spent most of his time, and that's where a lot of people still see him. Edith also had passed away in the house. I don't know when, but she would always go down into the library to remind him whenever it was time, like, hey, like, we've got guests. Like, hey, it's time for dinner. She would go down there and get them. Because of that, though, when people pass through the library, when they're going through it, they hear a woman's voice whispering the name George. Like, she's still trying to call for him. Very creepy. Workers and visitors have reported hearing the sounds of clinking glasses, laughter, and snatches of music echoing through the halls. There have even been reports of sounds of splashing coming from the state's now empty swimming pool. Visitors touring this state have reported many paranormal experiences ranging from apparitions, cold spots, sensations of being pushed by someone or something, and strange smells like cigar smell and stuff like that, even though now it's smoke-free. So the staircase is said to be like super haunted and you can see Edith like going up and down. There's this one main like spiral staircase. And this thing is 
absolutely gorgeous. It's like all marble looking. I mean, it's oh, it's so pretty. But that's where she's seen most. However, a lot of paranormal enthusiasts believe that staircases are spiritual vortexes attracting ascending and descending spirits. At the Biltmore, visitors' accounts of odd occurrences on the stairs store and firsthand accounts detailed in online reports, which a lot of them have gotten taken down, and I'll get more into that in a little bit. Okay. The number of firsthand accounts have had an overwhelming feeling of uneasiness when touring the pool area. And it was supposed that there was a drowning in the pool. I'll get into that a little bit, too. Um, some go on to say that they felt pure terror in the presence of someone who may have drowned in one of the parties. Online accounts of from witnesses report seeing a headless orange cat wandering around the no. property from time to time. But there are act- no actual accounts of who the cat belonged to because there's also no record of them ever owning any animals. Just a casual headless cat. Just a casual headless cat. And I mean, it's been reported. I feel like that's creepier than a headless person. I mean, yeah, what? Especially when there's no like account of there ever being an animal. So now there's just like this random headless cat where no one knows where it came from. Just walking around on the property. No. The Biltmore itself has also been included on numerous lists of most haunted places in America, including a report from CBS News. So it's definitely known all over for being pretty haunted. So here are a couple of the hot spots. The Biltmore grounds contain multiple cemeteries, which, no. And according to the Asheville Citizens Time, at least five of them predate the Vanderbilts. So... way earlier than like the 1800s so that to me doesn't give the property you know yeah that just uh that's just kind of asking for it you're you're gonna build on top of where there's already cemeteries i mean that just yeah so we have the shiloh gate which is one they have like multiple gates on the property And in 1922, a security guard named Walter Brooks had a run-in with five boys at the Shiloh Gate. Brooks may have had previous beef with one of them. He alleged that Brooks had hurt his dog. The boys reportedly told Brooks that they were going to take over their place. And as a result, Brooks fatally wounded Lawrence West and Emery Lance. Another man was seriously injured but escaped. And if we know anything about hauntings and where personal violent crimes are happening that's mm-hmm. normally a hot spot for, for paranormal yep. activity and then we have the old forestry compound and that was once the Biltmore Forestry School and oh. it was the site of a prostitute's murder oh. and the spirit of the woman along with a few others who were executed by hanging inside the old building are said to be haunting the halls of the old compound However, they don't really go anyplace else other than around that property. Yeah. So if you go in there, you know, executed people, murdered prostitute, you're going to run into them. Then we have the Biltmore State Pool, which this thing is gigantic. So they have an indoor pool and an outdoor pool? So, yes. So this is the indoor pool. They did They did have an outdoor pool. I don't think that they do anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure that they just turned them, like, into, like, flower beds. 
and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not sure more. that the uh, weather there is great for swimming. Yeah. For, like the majority of the year, it's not great for swimming. <laughs> yeah. So they've got the indoor pool, which is in the basement, which is just uh, creepy on a whole casual. other level. There's no windows. It's literally so four just this kitchens, little... eight pantries, then a pool. bowling alley and a pool. <laughs> so it if is... you get hungry while you're swimming, I suppose. I suppose so. It is a 70,000 gallon swimming pool. I can't even wrap my head around that. 70,000 gallons. The swimming How pool many is. gallons does a regular swimming pool hold? Ooh, let's look it up and see. Like, how many gallons does an Olympic-sized swimming pool hold? All right, let's see. How many gallons does an Olympic-sized swimming pool... Wait, what? Okay, so this one is a lot smaller than that, then. Uh, Olympic-sized swimming pool is 660,000 gallons. Wow. But still, I mean, to have this in the basement... 70,000 sounds like a lot, though. 70,000 sounds like a lot. And I'm for their time as well. I mean, in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, to have a 70,000 gallon pool in your, well, let's see what the average of like a normal household pool would be now. Because I'm sure that, again, even back then, that's going to be extravagant. Oh, yeah, that would be, I mean, having an indoor or having a pool at all would probably be considered extravagant. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the average backyard pool is about 10,800 gallons. Okay, so this is like seven times the size of your so think about Yeah, so think about like your friend's pool that you go to swimming. It's about five foot deep, average size pool, and then times it by seven, and that's how big this pool is in their basement, which a lot of it is deep. It's not super, super long, but it's really deep. Interesting. Um, it did have a heating system and underwater lights, which was way ahead of its time then. Yeah. It also had ropes along the edges to help people who were in danger. However, it didn't have a filtration system, so the water had to be drained and refilled every few days. I can't imagine what that water bill would look like. That sounds incredibly expensive. This is why we are running out of water in the world. Yes. Every this, few this days. Exact, this exact reason. Yep, every few days, 70,000 gallons of water out and in, out and in, which it is no longer filled. I don't know okay. when the last time it was, but there is no more water in it. It's completely, completely empty. Most of the guests who enter the pool room have an eerie feeling. Guests have claimed to feel nauseous or anxious when entering the room and were only able to catch their breath after walking away from the pool. Some claim it's just the shape of the room and how the voices echo, which I don't know how that could make you not be able to breathe but maybe i'm missing something i don't know i don't know okay but before you continue because i am who i am i calculated <laughs> if you had like if you were to drain the pool and refill it like every three days mm -hmm. in one year you would have 8.5 million gallons of water oh my god that is exactly why we're running out of water yeah Holy shit. So you're changing it out like 121, 122 times a year. Wow. Yeah. 8.5 Just to have a pool. Water. Just have a pool. That's nope. insane. That would take my breath away too. 
<laughs> Maybe so, they get in there and they think about the fact that it had to be changed out every day and they're like, man, that water bill. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. The people just think because of the shape of the room and how the voices echo that I mean, I can see that some of the vibrations can like maybe give you a little bit of anxiety, but there had to be like a lot of vibrations and echoes bouncing off to, in my point of view. Well, I'm sure like since the pool is empty and if it was like really deep, that probably does give off like a pretty decent amount of echo. Yeah. And depending yeah. on how big the room is compared to how big the pool is, if the room isn't much bigger than the size of the pool, I would imagine that that's probably a very strange yeah again i'm not too sure from looking online it seems like the pool makes up a bulk of the room but then you look around and they're on a tour and there's like 50 to 60 plus people like walking around like in one straight line going by so it's kind of hard to like you can look up pictures and see but it seems like the bulk of the the bulk of it is definitely the pool okay Oh, that's real creepy looking. Oh, it's a thing out of nightmares. It really is. Oh, it like looks like you're in a boat. Like, I don't know why, but it looks it like I'm the curved ceiling. I could definitely see having like some anxiety going into this room. It just it looks it just looks very creepy. Yeah, and the fact that it's empty, like, I don't know what I was expecting it to look like, but it's real creepy. It was very creepy. It is very creepy, especially being in the basement. And, you know, it's not in, the like... The curved ceilings are weird. Like, the ceilings weird. are curved. Like, it's so strange. It's very strange. So, when people go through there, they hear the sound of water splashing, even though the pool is empty. Others, oh, oh, here's one. Other people, mostly other claims, are of people who hear laughter coming from the drain. Oh, no. Like, did anyone drown in there? There um, have been, I'm gonna, it's, there are rumors that a child of a friend from the Biltmore family drowned in in the pool during a party. And that he said to still kind of like haunt the area. You also see an apparition of a lady in black in the room. I don't know if that's like the child's mother or who it is, but there's no confirmed reports of anyone ever dying in there. But there's a lot of legends that like they were having a party and one of the kids was running around and like fell in the pool and drowned like while the parents were having a party. Seems like a weird place for the kid to be, but all right. Yeah, especially getting, oh my gosh, getting down into the basement too is like hella, hella creepy. And when you go downstairs, you like have to go through like this rock tunnel to kind of get to where it opens up into the main basement, which is, I mean, it's beautiful. And it's part of it's still like kind of above ground. So there are some windows and stuff. I mean, it's gorgeous, but the walls getting into it are 13 feet thick of rock. Like total bunker style. This place is just, it's incredible. So I wouldn't want to go into the pool room because I would nope right out of there if I heard anything laughing coming from a drain. Like I have seen it enough times. I already have a weird thing about drains. So yeah, I've seen it way too many times to just. You know how I feel about bathtubs. 
Yes. Yes. So hearing something laughing from the drain would just. Nope. 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 Then we also have the Halloween room, which. A whole room dedicated to Halloween. A whole room dedicated to Halloween, which is they my favorite. They should have a whole floor, but okay. They should have a whole floor. Oh, and I forgot to mention too that um, at the gate where the dude shot the two kids, um, mm-hmm. he got punished during his trial for also being armed. He wasn't supposed to be armed. Wasn't he the security guard? He was, which makes zero sense to me. So how is he supposed to protect? I guess with his fists. All right. Um, he was charged for killing them, even though he was like, oh, I was just, you know, reacting to their threats and what they were saying. And they said they're going to overtake the place. And they're like, eh, well, you still killed them. And apparently and weren't they weren't they kids. They were kids. Yeah, they were kids. Uh, they were like teenagers. Um, well, they were old enough to drive a car back then, 1922. They were able to commandeer a car and make it to this gate. Now, it says that he was punished for being armed, but I don't know if that means, like, he was punished for being armed when it happened or he was punished for being armed and having it on him during his trial. Okay. So, it would make more sense that he got punished for, like, being armed during the trial, but the way that it's worded is a little weird. It was lawless land back then. It was. But needless to say, it still happened and he still killed them. And so that's kind of a hot spot for paranormal then, too. So let's get into the Halloween room, which, again, is my favorite room. It's not really too Halloween-y. It's uh, in the basement and it was initially used as storage. But now it's covered in murals on the walls that many guests find creepy. It's a suspected room. Uh, that was painted for a Halloween event because it had cats, bats, and other Halloween-related images covering the walls. It had, like, soldiers and, like, nutcrackers and a bunch of different things. I did a little bit more digging into it, and it apparently was being painted that way for an extravagant New Year's Eve party, but the party never happened, so only the walls in there, there's like nothing else in there that's like really themed. It's basically like they started painting the walls to have this and then it never happened. I don't know when they had, I think it was literally like, I think it was after he had passed away. I don't remember, but they had people go in there. There's a whole documentary on this room alone. And they like had uh, historians come in and like look and try to you know, take samples and figure out when it was actually like painted and how long oh, it's okay. been there. And it was still in like the early like 1900s. But yeah, it was supposed to be a, a big, like almost kind of like basement ballroom, but then it was never used the way it was supposed to be. Interesting. There are no reported tragedies and tragedies in that room. But many get that same, like, bone-chilling, like, eerie, like, something's, like, making me feel uneasy. When they enter that room, they get the same thing again in the pool room. They definitely get it in the library. There is a rumor in the Halloween room, room that there is an apparition of an intoxicated woman wearing a flapper <laughs> outfit. <laughs> so she's just still drunk and rocking out. I mean, imagine just being forever drunk. Like, 
that could be either good or like really bad. I don't know if you never get drunker than you were like you're just always having a good time and you're a flapper dress. That sounds pretty awesome to me. It does. But then it, it, it could cross the line very quick to like the room is spinning and I don't know which way is up. And I would I'm not just picturing feel her like being that. like a super fun drunk person in her cute little flapper dress. It seems like it. They uh, they just uh, I mean, clearly she's intoxicated enough to where they can notice it and she stays around long enough as an apparition for them to notice it. But she's just this drunk little girl in a flapper outfit walking around the Halloween room, probably trying to figure out where the party is because it never happened. Uh, they've also very disappointing workers who thought that they were alone in the building have also reported hearing footsteps, voices and screams. Mm, nope. I'm good with the footsteps, but like screams, no screams. Thinking. Yeah, screams is where you lose me. I have another fun fact for you t- today, and I did a little math for this. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. When George died in 1914, his wife mm-hmm. inherited fifty million dollars from him, which in today's money is one point four billion. Nice. Yes. And I think it was like 1926, she ended up remarrying someone else and like moving to New York. And Mm -hmm. she like took all that inheritance with her pretty much. So in case you wanted to be a little bit more depressed that this woman just got $1.4 billion. Yep. All right. I can't even go to their vacation house for a tour. The prices are absurd now. Not in the budget. Not in the budget. Not anymore. Maybe back, like, in the 90s, but now, no. Maybe when we get more Patreons. There we go. So now I've got three different Reddit users who have given their own personal accounts. I've got Shrapnel Asylum. Okay. That said, I felt something in the Biltmore house, but not in the basement. Weird stuff, man. When I was in the sixth or seventh grade, we were on a school tour of the house. I was in one of the rooms in the upper floor and began to feel like I was being suffocated. I couldn't breathe. I had to get out as soon as possible and get some fresh air. So this feeling of being suffocated is like the whole house. Yeah, the whole house. Which is very interesting considering how large the house is. Four acres. And they're feeling these things all the way from the bottom. It's literally like five, five levels. I mean, this house is just. Aren't like the top two levels um, like closed off? That's like the family uses those. Yes. Yes. So you can only go from the basement, the first and second floor. And then on that staircase, it's roped off. And then the, the fourth and fifth floors you cannot get to. Or third and fourth, technically, if you don't count the basement, third and fourth floor. Then we have hotspot security guard and they said, so my mom and uncle used to work there as cleaners. My mom never had any issues, but my uncle said that he would see some creepy stuff sometimes. He told my mom that once he was cleaning at night around 3 a.m. and there was a Coke bottle on the table that randomly fell off and started spinning in circles very fast. There were no windows open or for or any reason for it to do that. There were other things that happened which made him quit. He hasn't really talked about it, but that was 10 years ago. And that was written, I think, a couple of years ago, too. Oh, but if he I was cleaning, 
he was cleaning and he was like in the kitchen again the the main servant kitchen did have one they literally had a fireplace that was just for roasting like rotisserie I mean, that's how they cooked, so that makes sense. They had an entire room that was just a rotisserie room. They had an entire pantry that was just for flowers. They had an entire, like, two butler pantries. Then they had, like, the main kitchen area. I mean, I just, it's, oh, my God, I'll have to post the tour of this thing. It is just, I I just, it just boggles my mind. Like, how many things are in this one house? Like, how could you think of all these things? But, yes, so... They were cleaning, Coke bottle falls over on the table and just starts spinning like they're trying to play uh, spin the bottle. Spin the bottle, yeah. And no. they're um, I'd, I'd quit too. Yeah, he, he, he certainly did. And then we have Wesley Nessie. And this is the last piece I was going to talk about too. The reason why I can't find a lot of the ghost ghost stories is because they're really serious about shutting down any of the ghost stories. Oh, they don't they want it, that money. They don't want it to be part of their brand. And employees that work closely to or in the state itself are specifically told not to circulate any creepy stories they hear. So it's kind of like that one place that M covered. I forget which one it was. Where like she called and they're like, "No, it's not haunted." And she's like, oh, yeah. no, I know it's haunted. And they're like, no, it's not. It's it's kind of like that. You, you'll you hear stories from the people that go on the tours and you have a lot of hearsay. There's probably a lot more hauntings that go on than we know, just specifically because they don't want anyone to know. So they shut that shit down real quick. Mm-hmm. But that's the Biltmore Estate. That is something you know i never thought about if it was haunted or not that's never been something i've like wondered and um so i when i went to new england last year they have a summer cottage Mm. in Mm -hmm. newport rhode island and it looks just like the biltmore from the outside but it's like smaller really yeah and so i didn't go inside you can tour some of those i don't remember if that one is one of the ones that you can tour or not I didn't go inside any of them. I did. Um, there's a, like a walk along like the water that you can do to see all the summer cottages from all those families during the Gilded Age. Wow. And um, the houses are massive. And this is literally just like their summer homes. Like they would come there in the summertime. That just boggles my mind. Yeah. I'm looking up right now to see how much it would be for us to go to the Billmore. I hear that they keep their kitchen or their kitchen. They keep their Christmas stuff up through like the first or second week of January. And it's cheaper if you go in January is what I heard. Okay. It's going to be really expensive right now because it's the Christmas stuff. Yes, 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 yes. I'm trying to find winter. Okay. The winter in the Biltmore that says it's from January. No, that's not what I want. Um, here we go. Tickets and pricing. Come on. So, November 4th through January 8th is considered considered Christmas. Okay. And admission is $100. <laughs> yes. So, it would be 500 for me to take my family during Christmas time. It's not cheaper for kids? Um, let me see. Now, you can go January 9th through March 31st, 
and that's considered their winter. Mm-hmm. And they have the, they also have different like museum things tour through. Yeah. They they had at one point they did have like the Titanic and they had a lot of like the dresses and the different things then different articles they found on the the Titanic come through the estates when you walk through you get to see some of it so they've got that going on and that's going on now and also through March thirty first and it's Leonardo da Vinci's five hundred years of genius oh wow and then that actually ends February twentieth and then the Renaissance Alive which is a multi sensory exhibition and that starts on the 21st of february so let's see they've got god bless america these are expensive okay so you've got the audio guided visit which is 99 to 139 dollars a ticket then you have the audio guided visit plus which gives you entry into that leonardo da vinci exhibition and that's $129 to $174 a ticket. Or you got the expert guided visit, which gives you all of that and a 90-minute group tour. Uh, it's called the Guests of the Vanderbilts. And that's $364 to $409 a piece. I think my soul just left my body. <laughs> I know. I know. It's... Oh, my God. Okay. So... If that one ticket cost almost half of my rent. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay. half of my portion of the rent. <laughs> okay. That's insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm trying to look now and see. Okay. So the youth online is $69.50. Yeah, we don't like your kids that much. Wait, no, that's that's weird. Okay, ages nine and under are zero. So two of them would get in for free. As long as we go by the end of March. Yes. Oh, and then Nolan's technically technically oh he would be he would be sixty-nine. Hey look, there's one of them. There's one of them right now. Say hello. Hi. Hi. We're looking up how much it would be to go to that really big house I showed you yesterday. Oh yeah. So, all so the other Nolan one doesn't just get came to here. come because he it costs too much money. Yes. Yeah, so the youth online, so ages ten to sixteen, girls trip, <laughs> girls trip uh, is is sixty nine dollars. Um, if we wanted to get them the audio so they could listen as they walked around, which let's be honest, under nine, do they really want to? I could just tell them what's going on. I'll just tell them. That's fifteen dollars. And then I don't know why you would get, get past. Get, oh, okay. So if you've gone before, you get a discount Weird. called the past the past guest adult like or youth discount. So adult tickets are one hundred twenty four dollars if you want to go on the weekend, and then ages ten to sixteen are sixty nine fifty, and then kids under nine are free. So with all these taxes and stuff. It would cost me $344.55. For your family of five? For my family of five to go for like a two-hour tour, I believe it is. I'm not really sure how long it is. two-hour tour. And it also starts... two-hour tour. 
it starts there's different times because they they break it up into groups so there's not as many like people like in the in bonus the, points uh, for anyone who realizes that i just started singing the gilligan's <laughs> island so yes it is, it is very expensive but keep in mind too this is during christmas time so, so if we go after january 8th how much is it if we go after let's see if we go january 9th it is and you get the winery and you get parking and you get all that included and just like the basic one so it's not like you know Okay, so if we went during the week, it's $69. If you go on the That's weekend, bad. it's 89 So, okay, so say we just decided to go during the week because they've got stuff available for your birthday. Um, 84 so I don't want to be there at 9.30 in the morning. Let's do... I won't be here for my birthday anyway. If we did 11 o'clock, because you can see how many spots are left, which to me is cool if you're worried about like COVID restrictions or if you don't really want to be a part of a big group, you can kind of pick a spot where there's not a lot of. Well, I mean, that's like still a month and a half away, so I'm sure that there's probably a lot of. I'm sure it would change. So if we did two of those and then one of those and then two of those, it would be. Why is that more expensive? <laughs> oh, it's because it has all of them together. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's $600. That is not right. Oh, you just added it to the ones you already had on there. Yeah, I didn't realize that it saved all the other ones. So I'm trying to just... Yeah, Guys, this is what happens when yeah, we finish recording. Sarah and I sit on here and do random weird stuff. Yeah, this is and you guys list. just get to be a part of it today. <laughs> it's one hundred and ninety seven dollars. That's not bad. That that that's not too bad. That's a lot better than I thought. That's a little bit more doable. So uh, on, honestly, seeing it during Christmas time is like well worth it to some to some people. I wouldn't technically we'll with the kids, but, now, it just, and... but if it was just myself, like I definitely would. It is yeah, my so and beautiful. My husband go every year, just the two of them. Yeah, it's it's really really pretty, and we'll Perfect. post a lot of Don't pictures. <laughs> I <laughs> I will post videos of the tour. Again, there's a couple of like paranormal pictures, but a lot of them have been debunked because they're taking pictures into where the workers' quarters were. But there's glass, and so some people think that they see like figures yeah, inside there, but it's it's just the reflection. Um, like I said, they shut down everything. That it's there were a lot more comments and a lot more things that have been taken down because. They just don't want that to be. They used to have a ghost tour and then they decided against it. And now it's just like they don't want to be associated with that. So you will need to take a tour and figure out for yourself whether or not you think it is haunted. I believe that it's I mean, it's old and there's cemeteries like there's got to be some sort something. There's got to be something. So, uh, but also, if any of our listeners have been there and had any experiences, we would love to hear about that. Yes, yes, we definitely would. And so, if you would like to send us your personal experiences or anyone that you know or stories that you've heard, you can email us at truly creepypodcast at gmail.com. 
We have all of our social medias, Twitter at truly underscore creepy, Instagram at truly creepy and Facebook truly creepy podcast with Brittany and Sarah. If you want to see the tours, behind the scenes pictures, all of these extras, you can go on over to Patreon, become a patron. Just go to Patreon and search truly creepy or patreon.com slash truly creepy. It will pop up there. You can become a patron. We have a couple of different tiers that get you a bunch of different bonus things. Definitely worth it to go check that out. And we can't wait to hear from you guys. We are... What? <laughs> There's a child staring at me. I'm like waiting. Uh, oh, because I have the candy corn here. She probably wants you to feed her. Probably. It is almost dinner time. <laughs> So, yes, we look forward to hearing from everyone and thank you to everyone who is a patron. We appreciate you guys. We would also love it if you could rate us and share us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I have looked. We do have a couple of five-star ratings. So thank you, thank you, thank you to people who have rated us. Continue to do that if you can. It just helps promote our podcast so other people can see it and it is more visible. And thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. Keep it truly creepy. Bye.